Hello and welcome, I'm Jill Martin, the host of the Morning Doll Podcast. Joining Luke and me in today's podcast, we have two guests, Katie Found and Sarah Vickery. Katie is a Melbourne-based freelance writer and director. Her writing has featured in numerous magazines and her latest short film, The Widow, starring Tony Llewellyn-Jones and Maggie Dents, was recently awarded Best Film at Cause Film Festival, as well as Best Cinematography and Most Creative. Her script, It Will Peck You, is nominated for a 2016 Augie Award. Also based in Melbourne, Sarah is the Director of Performance and Moving Image. Working predominantly in theatre, she led career-defining performances in her most recent play, Gina Femia's The Violet Sisters. Her most recent project is the production, Babelism love and memory. On today's podcast, we chat about various media titles and for the majority, talk about what it's like to work on a project collaboratively. As always, if you have any questions, don't hesitate in contacting me on my email, mailbox at thepenofjoel.com. Thanks, and we hope you enjoy listening. Hello and welcome to the Morning Bell Podcast. Today we're at the Brunswick Street Bookstore, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Manley. Luke, how are things? Good. Good. What have you been up to? Uh, quite busy, actually. Not enough writing, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. um, my wife's been involved in a puppet show. Um, cool. Folktale puppet show. So there's been a lot of ferrying her backwards and forwards from that at, mm-hmm. like, late hours, because they do rehearsals all the time. They're... Starting up next week, so cool. there's any tickets left, you can look up Kolobok, K-O-L-O-B-O-K. What what um what kind of folklore? Uh, okay, so it's be- I haven't actually seen it myself yet because it's it's still being rehearsed, right? Uh huh. But it's based on an old Slavic folk tale. Cool. About a little round loaf of bread <laughs> that that falls out a window and escapes. So it's it's a bit like you know uh, little fables and things. Oh, and th- and the villain is yeast. <laughs> what? No. No. Oh. No, it's uh, full of animals. You know, a wolf, fox, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. It's very, very. Who's classic. the antagonistic villain? Wolf, the fox, of course. Oh. There no, you the go. fox. It's always the wily fox. In like it's like Aesop's fables and stuff. Yeah. That sort of, with the foxes in there. Cool. Are you going to take photos? Probably. You should take some photos. I'll have a look. It's good. There you go. So what what have you been doing apart from puppet shows? Apart from puppet shows. Writing, right? Uh, no. Yeah. Oh. Some reading. Some reading? Yeah, okay. still trying to keep up on the reading. <laughs> what have you been reading? Don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> Long pause. It's, like <laughs> it's called a lie. No? It's not lying. <laughs> it's, it's a mixture. Uh-huh. Gosh, I just can't remember what pieces because it, it's um. Okay, I got to bring up my books. Say I I won't put you through the pain. It's fine. Put you through we the can, pain. We can I'm, continue I'm this con now. as long as you like. He's it's opening up Kindle. Con. He's I'm opening up Kindle. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> up, hang on, oh. there's something there. It's actually not on Serafina. His. Wait, what? Really? You've actually started. reading I actually reading started that? reading Serafina. That's right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, sir. I got a few chapters in. So cool. There we go. I'd like to talk about that when you're done. There you go. Interesting. So you didn't lie. <coughs> All right, maybe. Yes, I do. Um, of course I read. We have two guests on the podcast today, unlike our usual one guest, because we didn't feel like outnumbering the guests today and making them feel uncomfortable. So instead we got two, because they come in as a pack. Um, Katie found Sarah Vickery. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having Thank us. Thank you. There you go. Let's start with you, Katie. What have you been up to this week? Well... This week has not been the best mental health week. Mm-hmm. So I have been walking Sarah's sausage dog more Aww. than he would like <laughs> to the point that the other night I walked him for the third or fourth time that day towards the bottle shop to get a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And um, halfway he he ran away from me <laughs> in the direction of home wow. because he'd had enough. <laughs> He's like, I'm done with you. <laughs> True story. I that was and possible. I, yeah, well, he's he's a really obedient dog, so oftentimes he's off the lead. And he's really great, usually. He walks beside you and he stops at roads and um, it's really easy. But he just stopped, 
how do we said stuff this yeah. and you uh, <laughs> and just bolted yeah. home uh, where Sarah was at home. So towards her. Yeah. And um, I, I had to run after him. So I didn't get my wine, which was probably good. <laughs> um, it was possible for a dog to stop wanting to walk. <laughs> yeah, he did. He just he bolted wow. home straight across the road, which terrified me and um, got home and Gave there up. we stayed. <laughs> So, no, this week, um, oh, and also apart from walking Sarah's sausage dog, I have been uh, at the swing set a lot because that's my happy place. So whenever um, I have these little slumps in, uh, you know, life, um, Sarah knows to take me straight to the park, (laughs) to the swing in the middle of the night. And I swing until I'm happy again and then we go home and work. But, um, no, so I've been... Just getting through that and uh, writing a lot, mm-hmm. getting it all out. And the writing is for your project. Yes, so it's for um, the web series that Sarah and I are working on, called mm-hmm. Catherine and Catherine. Um, and I think that it's it's really nice working on it because it's a comedy, um, which is ironic, I think. And uh, I like existing in that world slightly more than this world. So um, it's been lovely to immerse myself in that this week. Cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Sarah, how about yourself? How has your week been? Look, one who see, often sees the glass half full has also had a bit of a rough week. Um, just finding a new job has been challenging. Mm-hmm. But look, that's fine. And um, managed to to borrow. I borrowed Katie's car to go to this job interview yesterday, and mm-hmm. I was feeling really good about it. And there's an Abbotsford, which I never go to, and I thought, oh, one hour parking, great. Oh. Parked the car, went to this interview with like me and like sixteen year olds, already feeling great. <laughs> um, and then, ah, oh, ready to go home. Car's not around anywhere. Oh Can't find it. Left, right, and center. Slight panic mode. Toad. So, nice. Uh, Just a little trip to the little, to the, to the little car trip pound. to the car pound. Never been there before, so that was a new experience. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a couple of hundred dollars later. But it's funny yeah, because funny. in this, um, Sarah and I have never worked on comedies before. The plays that Sarah has directed and the work that I've written and directed, it's always been just drama. Yeah. Um, like drama, pretty much drama, straight drama. drama or some kind of surrealist existential mm-hmm. blah, um, <laughs> which suits us fine. Um, but we've been working on a comedy and um, it's been the strangest thing because even when we've been feeling really sad or things just aren't going well, we have, it's just, it's been... Um, I don't even know. The We've Beyonce'd it and turned lemons into lemonade. Mm. We have. That's exactly right. It's just been that's the nice. funny. It's been such a strange time because it's been really, it's been quite hard. Mm-hmm. Um, just an emotionally hard time. But it's been hilarious. Something of the irony, maybe. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it adds this, um, it adds this layer to the comedy, I think. Yeah. Um, comedy and tragedy is so... Interconnected. Interconnected. That's right. Um, and I, I wrote the first draft of this web mm. series when I was, when everything was going fine, and I was like, yeah, just straight comedy. It's, let's see how it works. And um, I did a, a play reading at the Owl and Cat. Um, for it, it was like a, one of these scripts just to see what jokes landed, and it was it was fine. But then um, since. Not since I've been not feeling so great again, um, I've rewritten that comedy and I've realized that it's just dropped down into this whole other thing. Like, it was just, I realized that the first draft of this series was so superficial and just kind of cheap laughs, I guess. And now that I'm in the place that I'm at now, I, it's, it's dropped into this, mm, this, this it's like the seething mm. underbelly of, mm. I don't know if that made sense. Uh, it m- made beautiful it, it, sense it to me sense. from sure? over here. Yeah. Okay. The, Thank you. The, yeah. the interesting thing is like when you when you work on something like 
comedy or drama or whatever, I, I find, and I don't know if this is just coincidence, but I don't feel like it is, that art always, out of any kind, always exists to fill a gap that we've had subconsciously. Yes. So whether that is we don't have enough tragedy in our life or whether we don't have enough happiness in our life, we've always got that creative thing that, like, it fills that need. Absolutely. Because yeah. I feel like writers, generally speaking, we fluctuate between those emotions quite quickly and mm. easily. Absolutely. Writers and actors, too. I mean, yeah. We've got some of the best comedy actors were the most depressed people in the world. Yeah, yeah. it's so true. Yeah. That's yeah. right. But I've been trying to make sense of that this week. I watched an episode of uh, Inside the Actors Studio with Robin Williams. I know. This, um, it was such a good episode and it's um, on YouTube, the whole thing. And I was watching that trying to figure out exactly what you said. Mm. How come comedy and tragedy is so intertwined? How can... It, it's like in the most... The, the rock bottom times. It just... We break out into laughter. It's so odd, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Mm. That's, it's a bit like... That's why you, you see those things on, on TV or whatever. You know, somebody falls over, people laugh. And it's like... It feels awful, but it, it, it's a very human reaction because yeah. we laugh to deal with pain. It's because it's all curious. just one big cosmic joke. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. it's it's very it's it's very interesting in the fact that we always <laughs> deal with that, right? Like we have those moments of we laugh to make sense of things that don't make sense. Yeah, so absolutely. That's yeah. curious. Well, it good is. to hear what you've been up to. Let's move on straight into media and what we've been watching and imbibing into our artistic bodies. Mm. Luke, mm. let's start with you. Starting with me. You like to do that, don't you? What? Imbibing or? No, getting me to start. Oh. Off, you? All right, yes. that's fine. Because um, you're, so the, you're, the, you're the consistent middle. I'm the consistent you're middle. The, you're the cream between the cream buns. I'm like the gut. Ooh. You're the gut. Now that's <laughs> less. No, that's less interesting. <laughs> the middle. Cream is much more tasty. Okay. All right, go for it. That's on the top, not the middle. It depends if you're having a cream right. bun, though. Then okay. it's in the middle. Well, I watched Battlestar Galactica. The new series, that is. And I hadn't seen it before. And I went into it with a pretty high level of criticism because I had seen the old version. And the new version was quite different in the way it was set up. But I was actually pleasantly surprised because even though elements were changed, which didn't need to be like characters had gender changes, which weren't necessary, mm -hmm. could have been other characters, didn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. um, and... So that, that kind of put things off. But even though all that, the, the story was good and it, it actually held true to the original setting. Now, it was a different, different storyline, so that was all right. Uh, one thing that I found through the whole series, I'm going to go more whole of story because it, the individual parts are also long series episodes, mm -hmm. um, is that it went through... A curious, even though it's about a whole bunch of people on a big journey, it felt like you could also apply it to a single person's emotional, mental journey. Mm. Like their learning phases. Like mm. you start off with, say, young kids or teenagers and they, they blame people around them for everything that happens. And it becomes, you know, playing the blame game and, and like, I'm not staying here, then they leave. And they set themselves a goal, and it's like, that's the only thing I'm going to go for. And then they start going towards that. And once they get there, they think, that's nowhere near what I was expecting. It's not, not wasn't worth it. It didn't help. It hasn't got me anywhere. It wasn't what we expected. And so they change, all, the, all of a sudden, their internal life changes, their um, relationships around them change. And, and that, that whole journey... It was really weird because I I'd only I picked it up in the series and I thought this is really weird. The the people who wrote this, I wonder if they thought about it when they were writing it. Mm. And I wasn't sure. I mm. looked at the um, I watched the the aftermath. What do you call it? The um, special feature sort of thing where they talk about how they wrote it and they didn't mention anything like that. So yeah. So whether it was, it was just a natural progression or not. Yeah. yeah. It was, I've never. I don't think I've seen that properly or like seen that very clearly in other pieces. Maybe maybe you guys have, but I haven't seen it. So, did you like that kind of overt symbolism or not? I did. Yeah. Uh, I was actually impressed because it didn't seem like it was there on purpose. Right. It, it just felt like it, natural. Yeah. Mm. It was like a natural sort of everybody is actually just like 
the same progression as one person. It's curious. Yeah. Anything else you've been watching? Well, that's the only one I'm going to talk about. But that's uh, uh, now nah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Alrighty, there you go. Well, curious. I might check. I have to check that out. Katie, Sarah, anybody want to volunteer? I have been watching such a killer British comedy. It's just been released onto Netflix um, called Crashing uh, by Phoebe Waller-Bridge. It's a six-part comedy and it is just brilliant. Mm -hmm. So, so good. It's so clever. Um, We're thrown straight into the action and it's quite a big cast. It's an ensemble of maybe six or eight characters and it's set inside a an abandoned hospital in the yes, middle of they live london somewhere which is extremely fascinating it is um and they're just it's so emotionally confusing they uh they just oscillate between being horrible people and <laughs> really beautiful people I, and it's vulnerable really, it's yeah. just there's this vulnerability it's funny that shows it's and beautiful. it's it's Funny in one minute and then, well, funny in one second and then heartbreaking in the mm-hmm. next. Mm. Um, it's just so, so well written. She, she's a gun. I'm so excited for her future work. Fantastic. Yeah. Sarah? Well, I've been watching a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't discuss that, but which I find actually has been quite empowering. Mm-hmm. I find even though it's a, a show that's, you know, a lo- you know, it's reality TV and there's lots of, you know, cattiness that goes on with that kind of show, whatever. But at the end of the day, when RuPaul looks at the people on the stage and says, um, how are you going to love anybody if you don't know how to love yourself? I think that's just brilliant. Yes. And every time I hear him, her say that, I just get so empowered by it and just watching and listening to the stories of, of, of how these, um, you know, drag queens have gone through and to where they are now, I find it brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I watched the entire season in like three days. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I love a, that. Yeah. I just think it's wonderful. I love it. I love RuPaul. Curious. Yeah. There you go. I haven't yeah. heard of that. You haven't? Nope. You've never heard of RuPaul's Drag nope. Race? There you go. Get on to it. Right. All righty. It's great. Cool. I'll check yeah. it out. <laughs> Interesting. Talking about talking about media that I haven't heard of, um, which and uh, open up the whole of Netflix. No, um, so <laughs> I I wanted to get some comfort food this week. Haven't seen um, a lot of films uh, for the last couple of weeks, and I knew the podcast was coming up, and I was like, well, I need something to talk about. <laughs> um, and then I was like, what hard hitting philosophical drama did I watch this week? And I was like, you know what? I'll go back to my past. I'll go back to the things that I enjoy. And I knew my brother had recommended that I watch a film called Forsaken. Um, it is a Western. Uh, and you say Finding Dory. <laughs> <laughs> Comfort food. <laughs> I watch a Western. Like when you were, when you were little. Yeah, little. <laughs> no, it, it's... I Since I grew up on The Magnificent Seven and, you know, yes. Dirty Harry and The Good, The Bad, The Ugly and stuff like that, I was right at home with Forsaken. So I, I watched it. And um, Forsaken's one of those movies that its uh, principal cast is Donald Sutherland and Kiva Sutherland acting as a father and son in the in the film as well. And they have a really good dynamic in the movie. And the thing that's interesting about the film is not its storyline per se, because it follows the traditional um, reluctant hero archetype basically Kiefer Sutherland being a character that is anti-violence anti-war after coming from a history of that and then seeking to reform his ways inevitably being pulled back into the same kind of world you know we've seen it all before it's it doesn't break the boundaries there I think the reason I like it so much is it's it's just dogged honesty to its story it's just it's simple it knows what it is and it just works because of how strong the performances are in the film I think the writing and the way they deal with characters, and and this is a thing that I find it so hard when people you know say, "Oh man, the storyline was really simple." It's like it, it it's a good thing to say, I guess, in a review. But it simplicity is beautiful in its own way. Simplicity can lend itself 
to other things. So we're not so concerned about the Game of Thrones storyline as we are about the individual character and their performance and the way they portray emotion. That's why Forsaken works so well. It works as a character portrayal of a father and son relationship. And it really being a Western is irrelevant to the story. Mm. Um, there's a particular actor in the film, Michael Winkett, and he he's a um, he's an actor that doesn't isn't very big um, in popular media, and he's done maybe one or two performances that people recognize him in. He was in The Crow um, as the villain of that film. Apart from that, you know, not in anything that big. He's one of those actors I feel that's criminally underused, and just nobody picks him, even though he's probably one of my favorite people to see on screen and he plays um a, a, a villain quote unquote in the in the movie that turns out not to be really um but just a force of antagonism against the main character and um man he's a two to force in this film it's just beautiful movie to watch don't go in with any expectations that it will change the you know the western stereotype or you know for that go watch quentin tarantino and you know indulge in his indulgence um but this is not that it's just a very well done well acted movie so i have to see it i haven't i haven't seen it it's a yeah i i really enjoyed for a second it came out last year i think 2015 and it didn't really hit the cinemas in australia i don't believe um and it just sort of crawled out on dvd and just got forgotten oh, we, watched a, we watched a, a Woody Allen film the other night that neither of us had seen both being Woody Allen fans see yeah, Another Woman Another Woman with Gina Rollins and oh, how Mia was Farrow. that it was really it was beautiful, beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Another uh, Woman it was it was a beautiful portrayal of an unraveling an un, uh, like a realisation mm-hmm. of this woman who was a writer yeah, yeah. and she had a an apartment that she would go to to write mm. in and it was pretty bare and she could hear through the vents there's a psychiatrist downstairs um, and there was a woman talking about her woes and her life and her love life and her tragedy mm. and mm. she was so drawn in, in by the the anguish in this woman's voice that she she became almost quite obsessed mm. with this woman and followed her around a bit and got to know her and had cups of tea with her. But then through this woman's tragedy, she started to see her own life right. and her mm. own situation. Um, and, I mean, Woody Allen's so clever mm. in... Again, it's like it seems very simple yep. what you're watching, but it's so complicated because it's, it's a complete mind game. It's, it was psychologically it so engaging mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those films that leaves you... Th- thinking afterwards yeah. yeah about your own life um i felt really reflective afterwards mm. yeah same and kind of lost mm. in my own thoughts of what what is my life what am i doing yeah yeah because she got she f- she would overhear people talking about her or um i guess i guess in a way the film's about listening to um to other people, and not about yourself, but she started to sec- she started to question who she was. Mm, I because guess one person would say, "You've had such a positive influence on my life. I find you very inspiring." And then the next minute, somebody would say, like her "Oh, brother, you've, her yeah, you ruined my life. You ruined my life." And she's How, so, what do you yeah. do with that? Mm. She was so am confused. Am I good? Am I evil? Am I? Mm. Who am I? That, that kind of crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Kind of very classic, Woody Allen-ish kind of plot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> what he does best. The the recent two films I've seen with Woody Allen have been quite whimsical, yeah. very feel-good movies, and those were um, Magic in the Moonlight. I think that's was right. One of them. Yes, and uh, Midnight in Paris. I think is yeah. the other. And they're both very, you know, surface enjoyable yeah, you know he has he's he's, he's mellowed he's mellowed he's <laughs> Woody Allen's past it i feel like um i think that we talked about this last time the idea that you can pose a question in a film mm-hmm. in one of your earlier films and then your subsequent films you can yep. try to answer, answer it, it. Yep. and you can just because you're working on one film it does, you, you don't have to pose a question and answer it in the, the space of 90 thing, yeah. minutes 
you can pose it and then spend your entire career, career. trying to answer it mm. or exploring it yeah. deeply. And I think that that's what he does. Yeah. And and in many ways, I think I've, he's found his happy place. He's I he's making so. movies that he can just enjoy. It seems that way, doesn't it? it? All the films are remarkably similar in theme, tone, yeah. style, even location. It's that, um, you know, that Parisian. Yeah. <laughs> but I also wonder, because a lot of his... You know, classic stuff is always feel, is very New York based. Yep. And New York was a very different city yep. back in that time when he was creating. You know, it was quite a dangerous place, and it was just it's very different to what it is now. And I, I um, have wondered if maybe New York yeah. is just such a different city that it's. I don't know whether he can engage with it on the same level that he could right. when he was younger because, I mean... When you, the mm. I mean, I don't know, but this is just a thought that I've, I've curious, thought to yeah. myself because then he's shot a lot out of New York yeah. and then mm. I wonder if, you know, you grow with the city or you grow out of a city or I don't know, mm. you know, just because his work is so heavily in New York, I just wondered if maybe yeah, that was part of the story. I hadn't thought with, about that. With him. That's really interesting because um, location is a big deal in his movies. And when you're from New time. York and you've lived there mm. your whole life somewhat and you're a Jewish New Yorker as yeah. well, you can see the city evolving too. It's, it's such a commercial city now. It's still magical, but when you watch his films you really get the essence of what it was like mm-hmm. back in the 70s and it's, yep. it's just a, a different city mm. different time and different a struggle i think mm. to what it is now it's really interesting yeah. well there you go that's a that's a neat way to wrap up the media section i suppose mm. for today and we can move fleetingly on to our topic uh, Luke, why don't we get you to... No, I'm just kidding. Let's, well, <laughs> let me, well, okay. <laughs> Let's introduce the topic. And that is talking about um, poking at fun at Luke. No, it's collaborative work. What I used to do with Luke quite a bit, actually. And working collaboratively with another artist or a writer on something. Um, I know exactly why I wanted to bring up this topic. <laughs> <laughs> and why this podcast will no longer be hosting Luke. Well. I didn't realize that you were collaborating. Yes, uh, we worked on a we worked on a video game script yes, editing Russian to English. Um, <laughs> scripts. And that's when we realized that we were destined to always argue about grammar and <laughs> yes. sentence structure and story structure. They're the best arguments to have. That's right. Let's be honest. They are. Um, Especially when I'm right. <laughs> there you go. Um, so so with, with, that, with that point made, um, yeah, collaborative. You know, what, what's that like? Uh, writing, for the most part, is a solitary endeavor. We, um, we write in a room generally alone and then release it to the world and have to bear the weight of the world's words on our shoulders. Mm. Um, But sometimes, often in the realms of theater and in um, film, writing is is a very collaborative um, process. So Katie and Sarah, you've been working on a web series together. Why don't you introduce it and then we can get started? Well, it's called Catherine and Catherine. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first Catherine's built with a C and the second Catherine's built with a K. So it's about a young lesbian couple uh, who are very, very different from one another. Mm -hmm. Just live in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Is that an apt description? It's so funny. I haven't really synopsized it before out loud. I'm not really sure of that. 12-word tagline? Yeah. Yeah, Aren't they the worst? Yeah, well, we... I mean, I think it came around quite organically. And it's, it's not we were like, let's collaborate and make this show. I think it came out of um, a, a conversation of talking about um, queer content on mm-hmm. television or all media platforms mm-hmm. and the conversation about what we felt was lacking for us personally. For myself, I watch a lot of queer content and then looking for some kind of... Um, storyline that I felt really represented me as a woman part of the queer community and I just didn't seem to find it you know and there was entertaining things out there there's plenty of it but Katie and I were discussing Mm. about that we felt there was a real gap in the market and a real um I guess uh thirst from from ourselves we were for something we were very thirsty for it I remember um it was only this time last year that I started really thinking deeply about sexuality when Sarah came into my life. Um, And 
I I went to Netflix. I I always not Netflix, but I went to my bookshelf. I went to Netflix. I mm-hmm. went to any kind of anywhere. Um, I I usually turn to books um, to figure out how I feel about certain things um, and relate to characters and just f- figure things out. Like Joan Didion has helped me so much in my twenties. Mm-hmm. For instance, um, Janet Frame and Sylvia Plath and Virginia Woolf and yeah. Tavi Gavins and so many people. And um, but for this particular uh, question or struggle, I felt so alone. Mm. Uh, I'm not an extroverted person, so I do spend a lot of time by myself writing, as you said, and I really do rely on movies and books and and poems and TV series and web series to figure things out and to feel not quite so alone. It's the Facebook Exactly. Yeah. Instead of Facebook. It's the media Facebook. It's the introvert, it is. introvert's Facebook. It is yeah. the introvert. <laughs> I love that. That's good. That is great. Um, and so I I was searching blind, really. Mm. I, uh, I, I went to my bookshelf. I couldn't really, couldn't really see many mm. things. I, d- I was reading some um, of... Uh, What's her name? Anise Nin's um, early, early work, her diaries. And I thought, okay, that's getting there. And then some of Virginia Woolf's stuff, mm-hmm. obviously, but still not really hitting the mark. I went to Netflix and just typed in <laughs> bisexuality or <laughs> lesbian content or whatever. Mm. And uh, the L word came up. So I thought, well, I haven't seen the L word I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know. <laughs> so I started watching The L Word and I thought, oh, goodness, this isn't. Yeah. Okay. I'm a bit scared by the. I don't really relate. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it came out of that. And then an opportunity came up to write yeah. a, a piece of comedy um, based on some content for the Allen Cat, which Katie mentioned before. And Katie That's was like, right. I'm going to give my hand at comedy. And because she's. A, geni- a writing genius, mm. well, I think she is. Um, I thought, oh, go for it, Sarah. babe. I'm sure you'll do great. And so she wrote this piece and then it happened. And then out of that came yeah. like a phoenix out of the flames. Well, that was right. Yeah. I sent the script to you and um, you said it's like it's like a lesbian abfab. And then in that <laughs> moment, Catherine and Catherine was it born. Was born. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was through this lack of representation and then that that moment where we realized it was like a lesbian abfab and we're like where is the lesbian abfab like (laughs) so we we love broad city and Mm -hmm. please like me please like me and abfab and there are so many uh female duos um who are best friends like abby and alana in broad city and Mm -hmm. Um, Eddie and what's it? What's it? Patsy. Oh Patsy and um, in Abfab and they're best friends, but they're not in a relationship. Yeah. So we're like, what happens if it's like that? But they're actually the together. dynamics changed. Yeah. Um, so then, through yeah, through that we're like we just we've just launched into it and have been living in the Catherine and Catherine world mm-hmm. because we want to create something for other women so that they don't have this or hopefully I don't know don't have this uh, struggle. Um, I'm not represented. Like, I just want to see myself on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's where it came from. So what? What's the coll- well? It, there's two names in the uh, there's two names in the title, and there's mm. two people working on it. What's the collaborative process like? Who does the writing? Do you divide chapters, do you scenes divide rather? Do you divide characters? How does that work? Well, we're co-creators, mm-hmm. so we. Uh, it's been a lot of throwing shit on the wall and seeing what sticks, mm-hmm. yeah. having big brainstorming sessions with Butcher's Paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I suppose from that, I, I'm the, I write it. Yeah, Katie's definitely the writer. Um, I've collaborated with Katie in terms of being the wall that she can bounce her thoughts <laughs> that off. I throw shit at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so see if it sticks on me, and then yeah. yeah. But um, you know, um, it started. It started out that you know I I'm primarily a director, so yeah. it just felt natural to go. Well, I would direct take directing, and then mm-hmm. Katie is a natural thing. I mean, she's a writer director, but much stronger writer than I am. So 
go for the writing. So that's how it started and we started to go, right, that's great. And mm. then it came to a point only a couple of days ago we are like, let's just, let's you know. Let's just do it all together. Let's do it all together. I it mean, seems so, it, yeah. it takes, not that there was any ego involved in it, but it takes that it takes that element away. So we're co-everything now. Mm. And it's so lovely. Like we're now co-writing, um, co-editing scripts and um throwing around ideas so we'll be co-directors and uh it's nice i, I think, think we're that, just yeah. really lucky because i yeah. don't think a lot of collaborations could do this um because i don't know just for there's so many reasons why different collaborators can work in different ways but yeah. i think because katie and i are so close and we know each other really really well that we have a real honest um slate that we start from so we yeah. can say to each other that's a shit idea, yeah. and the other person's not gonna like Storm crawl away and, and yeah. slam the door and never talk to them again. Like it's just not. It's so. <laughs> it's yeah. It's really good like that. I think that honesty. Mm-hmm. It's such a cliched thing to say when you're talking about collaboration, but honesty is so important. I haven't, I haven't collaborated like this before. Um, usually, I'm very solo, but I feel that with Sarah, it's just, it's so easy and it's fun. I think that that's something that's because it's a, a fun project it. as yeah. well. It's not, you know, and it's nice to like we were just talking about it before. You know, sometimes you do get to a point where you're like, oh, what are we doing? Like getting through those little roadblocks that happens when you're creating something new, and then instead of just going, oh, this isn't working, we would just get a six pack and a couple of bottles of wine, and then just <laughs> you know, like just go to the it, swing and have a laugh, and, <laughs> and yeah. then we but then would go back and we would sit down and we would get shit done can yeah. you say that um yeah so and the other night man we got shit done didn't we yeah we did it's just nice to not do it alone sometimes yeah it's just, um yeah and when when somebody is when one of us is struggling um the other will just totally be there and when one of us is like oh i don't know about this anymore what is this what are we doing then the other will jump in and say come on like that's we've we've got each other's backs. I think that is mm. the yeah. most important thing, and we really believe in each other. And we just spend basically every day together. It's just it's nice. Yeah. The, the interesting thing with collaborations is that often that if you if you don't collaborate and you and you're not close to begin with, usually that falls over. Yeah. I find I've heard a lot of horror stories from writers who have collaborated with people that they know, you know, on a professional basis, usually alone. Mm. Um. And then, you know... So, like, a partnership instead of a collaboration. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's and exactly right. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it falls through. Mm. Um, with with the honesty thing, does that mean that, um, yes, you can be honest about criticism and, and that? Uh, how does that work with recognizing flaws? Like, how does that rec- work with recognizing flaws? Because is there a mechanic within you that says, well, it's done by them, and I know they can do good work, so I don't really need to put the screws on as hard right well i think it's not about saying to each other this is a bad idea need to start again i think it's just like trying to look at what the other person's been trying to achieve and looking at from a different perspective Mm -hmm. um but then also being comfortable with your own weaknesses and not being defensive about it Mm -hmm. i think that is often you know when ego and pride i think pride always gets in the way and i think pride is always the fall when it comes to creative work because it, you know, you everyone has this like, oh, I don't know everyone, but sometimes I do have this like, oh, it's mine, I need to protect it. But mm. I think when you let your guards down a bit, especially with someone you trust so much, um, they're going to be honest. They're not saying it to be hurtful or spiteful. They're saying it because they know what kind of work you can create. Mm. Um, and sometimes you just know it could be stronger. So it's just talking about a different way to look or approach mm-hmm the same thing in a stronger way to do it because i know that i my eye to detox can sometimes be a little bit sloppy i do a lot of the the visual stuff that mm-hmm. you see video so content and, um thank you um Something but just the website website content and you know in design stuff all that kind of, and katie would be like what's that tiny little line and for me i'm like oh that line's great it's just there you know but then i'm like oh actually if i remove it it is a bit stronger it's just yeah. it's just not being precious about things like I guess killing your darlings in a way, yes. you know, like not being precious about things and choosing to uh, 
you know, to lose a battle, to win the war situation, knowing what's important to fight for and what's like, okay, that is shit idea. Yeah. Yeah. Let me start again. Let me swallow my pride and look at this a different way. And I think we've done yeah. that quite well. Is yeah. there a lot of compromise that has to be done in that kind of... Well, we're very... Area? I think that's something... An important part of collaboration is the, the pre-work that you do. So uh, we, we're on the same track we're very aligned so that's kind of half the work done if you're on the same page you just roll with each other really well um Mm. i know trying to collaborate with people in the past just being on different pages it's just never Mm. going to work but we're so aligned in what we like to read and like to watch and our styles and aesthetics are so aligned i think that that really helps so there's very little compromise because of that. Then. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I really don't think that there has been much compromise. No compromise, no. It's no. just going what's best for the show and what's best for the yes, characters. Yes, I think that you articulated that yeah. really well before when you said that it's not to do with... When we say, oh, I don't think that that's a strong idea to the other person, it's not... I have a better idea. Yeah, <laughs> it's not It's not. I'm going to, to rip you down yeah. so that I can feel stronger. And it's, build myself up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's... Um, we're always, we know that we love and respect each other and we love and respect each other's work. It's just, like you said, what's, what's good for the show? Mm-hmm. This is going back to the vision of what we're trying to achieve and whether that is aligning with it. And I think when, it, when it's new content and this is like the first season and it's, it's I guess, not, I don't know, we're just doing something new and, yeah. we're just, and it's, it's going back train. to the vision. Yeah, and going, to, is this saying the right thing? Is this what we're trying to say? Mm. Um, and it's just across everything and, and what people are looking at, what people are reading, and then ultimately what the characters are saying, you yeah. know? So, yeah. And I think it's just also we don't have individual agenda as well. It's like we have – we're both sitting on a train in the same caboose, you know? Yeah. Mm having tea and just and we both want it goes back to that uh we we both want uh to create content that we identify with so it's we yeah we're just so on the same page with that we both have the same like you said have the same goal we we recognize a gap and together we really want to not fill it we can't do that we're only two people but (laughs) we want Mm. to work towards filling that or inspire other mm-hmm. people to join us to make good yeah. queer content like mm. setting the ball rolling or yeah absolutely and i think mm-hmm. i'm a huge believer in 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 being a vessel for art as well mm-hmm. in so many ways and um i often find myself when you're getting in the way that's when things start to go wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just like you when constantly, you put the on yourself. yeah, you're just yep. constantly trying to get out of the way because you just some it's this amazing thing is happening, and every yeah. time you get in the way, it's that like so blocks true. it. Yes, and, and so. the great thing about collaborating is that when you do get in your own way, the other person will just shove, yeah, you, like <laughs> push you, yeah, yeah. Like, come on, like keep yeah. going, you're fine, yeah, and working on a solo project after you've done something like this. Can you do it? Well, we're both working on solo projects uh, on the side. Mm -hmm. Sarah's got a brilliant uh, performance art endurance work type thing on in Fringe Festival, Babelism. Um, So she's working on that. And then I'm working on other scripts on the side. I think that it's... Actually, that's true. It's probably important to have side things that are just yours. Mm. I think we're definitely both doing that. Yeah. Um, again, we're very Catherine and Catherine focused. Yeah. Um, but, but we it's still nice to have solo yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you don't morph into the one. Because you've got so many films kind of on the on yeah. the go in on a way. Some on the back burner. On the some boil. Yeah. Some, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I found it curious that you said that you started off with uh, certain roles and then moved into both writing at the same time. Because I know with, with Joel and I, it was like we both started as just well we were editing so it was both editing this work at the same kind of level then it shifted into i was more on the detail stuff and he was more on like the structure and how it mm. fits together and 
it was sort of like sh- sh- shifted into these roles. Mm. Yeah, we of. shifted uh, yes. into roles. Wh- whereas we started Nebulous and then you know <laughs> built ourselves yeah. our boxed walls where we threw catapult boulders at each other. It didn't actually <laughs> feel like that, but you know, I well, like I to think with that. I think with Catherine and Catherine Knack, uh, again, it's the way that we're structured how we're creating a web series because web series is you know i mean it's reasonably new yeah and um, very emerging material yeah yeah, it's it is and i think we've tried to uh, approach how we're creating it from a slightly different angle than as if he would do a tv series so Mm -hmm. we did online auditions um which was new for both of us yeah um and we yeah the casting process is different we hadn't we cast before we'd fully written. Yeah, and we had a uh, yeah. we had a skeleton script. Yeah. So we knew uh we knew vaguely what we were doing. Um but then as Sarah said, we had this massive call out um for online auditions so people would read the um the brief and the audition uh script and then just on their webcam just send something to mm-hmm. us via Vimeo. Yeah. Um which meant that it really opened it up to just anybody, not just people in Melbourne who could drive into the city on that particular day. So um, we, yeah, it's just been a really nice reflexive process because there have been so many great, uh, it's an all-female comedy Mm -hmm. cast. So, um, yeah, there, there have been people who have brought really strange things to their audition. So we're like, we just have to, we have to have you. So we've now got... Um, this brilliant uh, ensemble cast and we're writing specifically for them. We've yeah. got eight um, eight really killer girls in our ensemble and we're just writing roles for them because it's uh, it's really exciting. So it's like, but that's not how you usually do things. Yeah. You write yeah. a script and then you... Uh, See who can nail and it. Then yeah, and then you cast and it's a very like... Yeah. yeah, but it's just so different and I think that that's... Um, it's really exciting and freeing. Like there aren't really role like there are new roles coming up all the time because where um you know the social media side of it and audience engagement it's not just as clear as there's a writer there's a director you stick over there mm-hmm. i'll stick over here yeah which i think uh, in a way i think we're like uh, we don't really know how to do a web series <laughs> no and there's idea. not a really <laughs> a lot of people at all do i mean doing there's lots it, of people yeah. doing it but there's not a lot of like we engaged in um t- in a like a uk web series seminar thing to try and figure out how people's doing it and so then we thought well we just need to do what we do kind of know do know and uh, that's roles Mm. so like director writer and then so we did that and then we realized this isn't don't think this is going to work for this medium and just watching a lot of other people's content and just thinking "Hmm, maybe there's a different way to try to approach Mm. it and i think that's how it merged from roles to what is that yeah. <laughs> here we are here we yeah. are and whatever we're just constantly, this is yeah. we're just constantly <laughs> bouncing off each other and mm-hmm. sharing yeah sh- sharing there is this there are really no rules and i mean it could change um mm. but yeah. at this point it's just what's working, it's working. and uh, i'm sure our team will get bigger and depending on how Catherine and Catherine goes you know um we'd hope that one day there will be a room of writers and more di- you know what i mean so we just yeah. don't know it just really depends on, on how it's really open yeah do you do you use um like uh, peer reviews or like um, outside editing at all, or is it all in all at the moment? Two? How um, closed is it at the moment? Yeah. yeah, it's it's just the two of us at the moment, <laughs> mm-hmm. but we we will definitely when we get a good. I mean, we've got first drafts, or not first, like second and third drafts done. But we, when we're comfortable putting the script out, we'll definitely get other people mm-hmm. to yeah because it's so audience reliant i mean you can uh i guess all media is but um if we're putting these short bursts of work out onto the internet people we hope that people in will engage mm. so at this stage we're really trying to get to know our audience um and find out who who is interested in this will they will they engage with it what are they inter- what do they need like are they staring at their bookshelf or are they staring into the netflix stand vortex feeling alone what will they what will make them feel good and supported and held so of course we need them to come in and say we want more of this no Mm -hmm. this could change 
Yeah, totally. And because it is on the web, yeah. wild world, you know, it's the whole world is your audience in yeah. a way. Yeah. It's not just no TV. boundaries. Well, that's in the one thing. Way. That's why yeah. we did online auditions because we weren't just looking for people in Australia. Like we wanted, if there was somebody from, but we Tokyo, we've been we've found amazing because but you know we've we've announced our ensemble and just gone okay now let's just see what people say mm-hmm. anything. and we've had such a um an outstanding response from china and yes. korea and japan and and so it's just really interesting to see what kind of audience is engaging mm. with it because it is quirky you mm. know and we we get a feel of what audiences were like but then you never know like it, we get taken by surprise yeah all the time We're like oh okay you know so i think it's a matter of knowing that we live in a, 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 a such a fast-moving um, world and technology is evolving so rapidly that listening to your audience is like the key factor to Absolutely. success. Yeah. Because you, you want to make something that people want. And we're not you know. just writing for Australian audiences. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're writing any, for a culture. Yeah, anybody know. on the internet and with the and that's what we loved about our online <laughs> auditions is we had some auditions for people but we just knew that was so unique and some very shy and yeah. i just I, as being in a director in a in a room auditioning mm. you just could not see them leaving their house to go into a, a room it's yeah. terrifying mm. i mean i don't know how people are actors it's amazes me you know like (laughs) it's terrifying and we got some beautiful auditions from these beautiful girls um so so this online it was just wonderful Mm. you know engaging with people that way it's Mm. it's, sorry this is off topic of Mm -hmm. course but when it comes to um finding someone for who's auditioning i've thought of this because i've thought of like if i tried to drop in um, as an actor which is never going to (laughs) happen but uh if do you, you do have look the at hair for it. Yeah, you totally <laughs> do. For it? What, sorry? Do you actually look at people who are shy and doing it and saying, yes, that we need them? Or is it sort of like they're not really, they're too shy for that kind of role? Or Well, I mean, Katie and I, there were a few people that we really fell in love with just because of who they were as a person. Like they really mm-hmm. hadn't done anything. And they just, their opening line was in their email was, hi, my name is so-and-so. I have really love acting. I haven't really done much, but you're... This Catherine Catherine really speaks to me and I really feel heard. And I mean, that's the whole reason why we're doing it. Mm. And we'd watch the audition and go, okay, they might not be strong enough to play this particular role, but we think they're awesome. There's definitely some, you know, there's room for people regardless Mm. if it's just acting. Not our responsibility, but Mm. that's where we come in as writers and directors. We don't don't need professional, Mm. you don't need to be a professional actor. I mean, that's, we can work with them, and if we set more time aside and really work with, with, with them and their what skills they they do, do have, have yeah. um, there's there's just we're looking for we really were looking for a spark in someone. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had over three hundred video auditions, and because our audience will meet these girls online on a screen, um, we needed there to be an immediate. Uh, a twinkle in there, uh, just something yeah. like something that um, spoke to you. Yeah, yeah. So it was r- it was actually really easy to cast because they they either had that something special or not. And now the girls that we do have, the women that we have, they're all so um, it's just they're they're open. They look mm-hmm. they looked into their webcams and were like, here I am. Um, so whether they have years and years of experience, which some girls do. Um, or whether they're just brand new to acting. They're yeah. just, they've got something special and I really am so excited to share them. And I think real pe- real, real people casting is becoming quite a thing. I think quite a lot of people are casting real people, not actors, you mm. know. And I think, um, I d- I think it just says a lot about directors when you, you know, whether you're a people person or not, you can, you can see some potential in somebody and and say okay, I'm not going to overwhelm this person by being all directory. You know, mm-hmm. just go. I think that you know, 
we were talking about camera presence as well. Like if a camera loves somebody, it's regardless of whether they can act or not, the yeah. camera is the truth teller. It's this mythical thing. It's yeah. this <laughs> mystical thing. Yeah. And we were saying, mystical, not you mythical. know, like, <laughs> like some actors are great on stage, but then the camera looks at them mm. and is like, please. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing you can it do about that. Yeah. There's nothing you, you can change that if you tried. Mm-hmm. It's that the camera loves you or they don't. So, you know, the camera just loved some of these girls, regardless of their experience. And I think finding some natural talent is, mm. we don't want to cast. And it's so exciting as a writer to come yeah. across people like that with natural talent and then be like, okay, uh, this is where the reflexive part comes into it because mm. like, okay, I see what you have to offer and now I'm going to go and write a role for you. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Hmm. It's like a, great writing challenge Does it feel that like is. you're collaborating with them at all yes that yes. is so true i never yeah. thought of it like that yeah. yes of course yeah absolutely yeah and it's nurturing talent which yeah. i you know yeah that's I'm it a isn't huge it fan of it's um, like bringing people into the scene that yeah, wouldn't exactly. otherwise get a shot yeah mm. totally absolutely that's mm. very i mean this industry's hard enough <laughs> you know like it's, it's so competitive and yep. it's so cruel sometimes yeah. and it's mm. so cutthroat mm. And it's got to be kind. You got to be. You hear some stories about <laughs> directors and and how they approach to actors, and it's just so unnecessary. Yes, um, unnecessarily intimidating and just. And actors play. are sensitive creatures. The the ones I know, anyway. And you you need to nurture their personhood as well as their craft. Otherwise, you're not going to get the best out of them as a performer. You're not going to get the best out of them as a person. Mm. So it's all about nurturing the talent but nurturing the person so that they feel that they're they're supported so that they can feel free to just be and create yes. without judgment, you know. So I think that we've found some firecrackers. Yes. Cool. I don't know that you're not Alfred Hitchcock anyways. <laughs> <laughs> the Hitchcocks have their place. It's not here, apparently. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you, the both of you, for coming on and telling us about Catherine Catherine and also about the collaborative process. Um, the reason we haven't been talking much about our collaborative process is because we've done it already. <laughs> Listen to our previous episodes. We complain about each other all the time. It's a love-hate oh. relationship. <laughs> We're, We're on the love side. The collaboration process right now. That's very true. <laughs> That's true. We that? Run a podcast together. There you go. And argue about it all the time. That's very true. Bringing it full circle. Um, <laughs> Katie, Sarah, lovely to have you both. And thank, thank you for you coming for on. Us. Thank you so much it's for having lovely. us. We've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Let's start with you, Sarah. Where can people find you? Your website, social media links, whatever you got coming oh, up. Oh, goodness. Well, um, you can find me at Sarah vickery.portfolio.com that has all my uh, stuff that I've done um, Facebook it's just my name Sarah Vickery there's a lot of me so you might have to troll but uh, I am doing a show for Fringe called Babblers and Love and Memory on it in Metanoia Theatre at the end of Fringe Week so that'll be on and I'm in it nervous uh-huh. um, yeah so it's beautiful please go and see it it's very if you it's like if if you like Marina Abramovich's um, work, then you will probably like this. Yeah, but it's a little bit more or well, less abstract. <laughs> I should say it's mm. a little bit more engaging in a way. Mm. Yeah, so that's and Twitter is just Sarah C Vickery. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. yeah, Katie, where can people find you? What have you got coming up on Twitter? It's at Katie Found. Uh, no idea what my website is. And what am I? What I think am that's I? Katie oh, it's katiefound.com. Katiefound.com. Yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, what I've got coming up, uh, Catherine and Catherine. Um, the website is Catherine and Catherine. One with a C, one with a K. Which com. one comes first? Yes. Uh, Catherine with a C. With a C. Ah, cool. C. Comes right. first. Uh, and we're also on Twitter. Um, CK the show. CK. Underscore, underscore the, the show. show. That um, sneaky underscore, though. And I've got a film <laughs> that, yeah, sneaky underscore. I've got a film um, coming up uh, called It Will Peck You, and the script has been nominated for an, an Augie. So that's coming up Fantastic. mid-October. Um, so then, yeah, we'll be working on that, too. Cool, cool. Mm. Well, as I described to someone before, it's whenever we need to fill our artistic talent, we'll just call these two lovely ladies back on the Aww. podcast. Oh, we love 
love coming here. We love it. But it was fantastic to have you on. So we'll Thank definitely you. do this again. Yes, great. So. Love to. All right. Thanks for listening, ladies Thank and gentlemen. You. And you can find The Morning Bell, themorningbell.com.au, The Morning Bell on Twitter, whatever it is. Don't even know find it they don't post there ever but you know you can follow them there you can follow i'm just gonna do your shout outs luke i'm just gonna do your shout outs um me at the soul shot there you go there you go and what have you got coming up oh i'm gonna put a review up at some stage i need to finish that story too so that'll come up sometime sweet (laughs) all right fantastic i was gonna wrap up the show right then and there but i decided to get get you in there yeah (laughs) Just in case. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Luke. Um, you can find me at thepenofjoel.com, which is my website. At Twitter is at thepenofjoel. And that's about it. That's the show. Thank you for listening. We'll see you in the next one.